This is the Hello World Podcast, where we talk about habits of success, habits of excellence, entrepreneurship, leadership, learning and development, and outlook that will help us succeed through life. This is Louis Banta, CEO and Chief Trainer of Learning Just Made Better or LJMB. Welcome to episode 26 of the Hello World Podcast. Our focus in this episode is on the letter O of hello. We'll focus on outlook and mindsets that will help our listeners in Hello World. Our guest in this episode will talk about the winning mindsets to succeed in a tough job market. In the past 12 months, we have all been tested. Businesses, individuals, the rate of unemployment, the difficulty of people to land and get their desired career paths and employment opportunities. People have been tested and we have a guest who is an author speaker and trainer for career, relationship, and spirituality issues. He has published 10 books to date, including books that we will feature in this episode. Your First Job, A Practical Guide to Success, Your Career Roadmap, How to Get the Job You Want and Love the One You Hate, and Soaring High, Your Flight Plan for Your Best Career Ever. His book, The Honeymoon Never Ends, won the 2012 Gintung Aklat Award in the inspirational category. He also wrote a Sunday column for the Philippine Star Career Roadmap from 2008 to 2017. He graduated with a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering from the De La Salle University, followed by an MBA degree from the Asian Institute of Management. With about 30 years of corporate experience in manufacturing and marketing, his day job is being assistant vice president for a well-known beverage conglomerate. He runs not one, but two of its packaging factories. And even with this responsibility at senior management level, he is able to write all of those 10 books and some other titles to uh, are coming soon. He's also a good friend of mine. He's happily married to the wonderful Lucy Cheng Di and is a champion Toastmaster. Let's all welcome our guest in episode 26. I'll call him master and champion speaker, book author, Nelson D. Hello world! Hello world indeed. Thank you, Nelson, for saying yes to our invitation for you to guest in Hello World podcast. Thank you for having me and congratulations for the Hello World podcast. It is brilliant and relevant. 
you know how crisis would really push people and companies and teams to transform Nelson. This is just one of our responses. And we enjoy the experience and it's also adding value. We're able to feature people like you who have a lot to share, especially on uh, relevant uh, topics. But, but Nelson, I, I'm impressed with the breadth of topics that you write on. There's spirituality, there is a career, and there are other tips no, to different audiences. So just before we jump to the mindsets related to our topic today, uh, really just impressed with how you're able to juggle and you know balance everything. What's the key? <laughs> key to this balance? Well, the key is that if you love doing something, you will find the time for it. Because people say, I don't have the time. What they're really saying is that that's not my priority. So that's a free tip for your listeners. If you want to accomplish a lot, what are your priorities? I'm sure that uh, we're going to be able to see the link between priorities and finding the time to really succeeding in your long-term career. But uh, of course, I said earlier in the past 12 months, career aspirations have also been very uh, challenging to pursue given the opportunities. And more so, unfortunately, retrenchment has been happening. Um, companies have been downsizing or reducing budgets. So, a very relevant topic to discuss. So talking about career in general, uh, Nelson, how does one, regardless of one stage in life, if I want to improve my career, if I want to, let's say, future-proof my career, given what's happening around, where should one start? That's a great question, Master Louis. If there's one takeaway from this podcast, it'll be this. You should take personal responsibility for your career. Nobody else can do it for you. I've seen my share people who say, I don't have a backer. My boss is not giving me the breaks. I blame the pandemic. But actually, great things happen if you make them happen. So whether you're out looking for a job or you're inside the job and you want to get ahead, the hand that makes your future is yours. Take responsibility. You mentioned boss. You mentioned backer. People seem to think that uh, I can only move up and achieve my career goals if there are people in my external environment. Right? So taking personal uh, responsibility. Just to probe on that, uh, Nelson, what are some actions that an individual can take to show I'm now taking greater responsibility on my career and stopping to be dependent on others? One great way is to continue to invest in yourself. Remember, the key is to make yourself valuable and therefore marketable. Now, remember, the only person you can influence is yourself. And therefore, if you invest more in yourself, your soft skills, your hard skills, and of course, your networking, all the more you increase your chances of succeeding in that tough market. Invest in your skills. Very uh, timely reminder, considering, again, I'm, I will refer to this last uh, 12 months crazy times 
when some jobs became obsolete. Yes. Some functions have been automated. Some businesses unable and some roles unable to uh, remain relevant and value adding. So it's just the skills. It's no longer the job description, Nelson. The job description changes. It's what you can do. It's how many you can do skills that you can perform. Of course, based on what the organization or the company needs. Now, I'm sure that you also have a lot of listeners who are graduating, who are finishing their college studies and are joining the labor force or the labor market. In fact, Nelson, I, I, I gave a career talk recently and I also was asked to, to talk about overview of corporate life. And I was thinking, these, I would say kids, allow me to use the word kids, these kids who will soon be looking for a job, what's waiting for them in the, this year, 2021, given the extended uh, pandemic? No? And if you can just touch on that, I know that uh, you will also give tips on things that they need to do to get a job immediately, despite of this extended pandemic. What are your tips, Nelson? I would say at least two things. Number one, you really have to network. It's still true that it depends on who you know. And so remember also, the tip also for a listener is that many job vacancies are unadvertised. And so we have to find out who knows those unadvertised job positions. The more you know, the more you increase your chance of success. Once you have that opportunity, your strategy would be to stand out. And here's one way. Many people are passive. They just you know, send their resume. They wait for the phone call. Then they, when they get interviewed, they're passive. They think they ask questions, answer, and that's it. The thing, however, to stand out is that when you know the company is going to interview you, do your homework, find out about their core values, and more importantly, the problems or the pain points they're facing, and then you position yourself as the solution. Not many candidates do that. For example, I also do hiring, and many times the applicant asks me, so what does your plan do? So therefore, I would think, okay, if you're not going to be resourceful to find what we're doing here, how will I expect you to be resourceful if I hire you? So number one tip is this. When you're going to be interviewed, do your homework on the company, then surprise the interviewer that, hey, you know our position, and here's the solution you can offer. Nelson, you got me curious there, and you got me also smiling. That applicant who asked you, what does your plant do? How did you respond? <laughs> and how did well, the conversation go? Yeah, I was tempted to be sarcastic, but I would give him the polite answer that we do this, we do that. But at the back of my mind, if you're not doing your homework, my goodness, if I hire you, how can I expect you to do your homework on this particular machine or for this particular production problem? I would guess, Nelson, that at that point, you already have your uh, decision on that. <laughs> that is true. I'll be more impressed if you're to take the initiative and tell me what you know. In fact, there's one example we're in that they actually also describe our production process. Not perfectly, but he got the gist of it. And I said, okay, this has potential. And I believe I hired him. So that's the other power of doing your homework. These are small things to the applicant, but are really 
great indicators to an employer like you or me, Nelson, like us. Small things that we look for in a candidate in a casual interview. So to our listeners and to our community of Hello Podcasters, take that tip from Nelson. Do your homework. Nelson, it's really a tough job market out there. I can imagine that question being asked before. Can you please orient me on what your company does? But that was 20, 25, 30 years ago when it's not very competitive to get into the final job interview and to get the job offer. Now, Nelson is saying you have to stand up. Nelson, you mentioned network. For fresh graduates, for those coming from college, you know, you and me were so present in social media, right? LinkedIn and Facebook. We have a lot of connections, associations that uh, uh, we we joined. But for fresh graduates straight from college, how do they build this network when all whom they know is mostly limited to school or let's say uh, their school organizations? Well, one Usual way people say is to go LinkedIn, and that's another topic altogether, especially when you say to recruiters open to work. That's one way, but there's nothing better than having people know you personally. Okay, And the way to do that is that even when you do not have a job yet, you volunteer. Even though it's unpaid, people will now see your stuff. People will see your attitude and aptitude. And who knows, one of these guys will say, Nelson, I like to hire you. And guess what? You're in one of those unadvertised jobs. And so you can volunteer to, let's say, Toastmasters, Rotary, JC, your church, a trade organization. The point is, people would like to know you personally. There's that personal touch by which then they'll be more confident rather than knowing you by resume only. And my Comparison there, Nelson, is if they joined organizations in school or they joined uh, extracurricular activities, they just have to expand that concept no, and go beyond the school community. As you said, volunteer, uh, let's say join professional interest organizations where you will really be exposed to more people. How can social media be a good lever for? networking Nelson some tips for our college graduates you know they're mostly in social media but they 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 might not be using it to really build that brand that you're talking about the key for social media let's narrow it down to LinkedIn it is to make your profile as attractive as possible I've seen resumes and now we call LinkedIn profile that are so generic, they're just giving you job descriptions. I do this, I do that. But the key would be to impress the would-be employed with accomplishments. And so if in your resume or your LinkedIn profile, you'll say that I am, let's say, the leader of this student organization, we accomplish A, B, C. Then the interviewer will say, this guy has potential in my company, leadership, communication, teamwork. Or you may want to have something like, I volunteer for this particular project, Gawad Kalinga, some other endeavor, and this is the result. And therefore, they'll also say, this is the proof. Remember, past performance is a predictor of future performance. Another way would be to write articles, 
set yourself as a budding thought leader or a de facto expert, and people will be impressed not just by your knowledge, but also your communication skills. So that's the untapped power of social media. You don't just put words into it. Make the words work hard for you. Sell yourself. And then the part of the social media is they'll be able to reach more people than you could ever do under the old paradigm. You mentioned resume writing. I remember, Nelson, people seem to have, there was a time when people would copy-paste the same career aspiration or career goal. But I, I tend to see the same thing from one resume to another. Not sure whether you, all, you also saw that in resumes that you screened. That's true. It's like when I see, let's say I have 10 resumes, 9 out of 10 will say, I work in this factory. My duty is to supervise this, maintain that machine. So what? But if you're able to tell me that under my watch, we increase productivity by 10%, and later I'll find out how you did it in the interview, or let's say because of my maintenance work, we reduce downtime because people are more in encouraged. The machines are breaking down less, and we increase productivity of 25%. Numbers sell. And also, if let's say you're into sales, you don't just say, oh, I promote product ABC. But if you're able to say that I handle this territory, I beat my quota for three quarters in a row, or I increase market share by so-and-so percent, increase sales by so-and-so pesos, those are the ones who will grab my attention. And therefore, again, the key is to stand out. So remember, Nelson is very consistent with his message. Standing out comes out in so many forms. Stand out during your resume or CV writing, stand out in your posts in social media. And first thing he's mentioned was to stand out in a job interview because yes, in a tough job market, how many applicants do you usually see Nelson in a given job? One role, how many people would you be seeing before you make a final decision? You'll be surprised. I actually asked my HR, what is the mortality rate? And he said, 60%, mean to say, out of let's say 100 applicants, only 60% are screened out. The next 40% go to my department heads and probably the last 5% go to me for final approval. Now that's only for my company, but I can imagine how tough it will be out there. The key is that you have to remember the odds may be against you by sheer numbers. But like I said, the more you have these strategies, the more you increase your chances of success. So the multiple hurdles in the screening process, of course, it varies from one company to another. But take a look at that 60% mortality rate. You need to stand out in every stage of the screening process. Resume from 10, yours will stand out. You will go to the initial screening, initial interview. You have to stand out for you to be able to get that uh, job. Uh, Nelson, just reminiscing the times when Let's say we, or let's say in the older generation, will be looking for jobs, right? There was no LinkedIn, no job street, no internet. And just for the benefit of our listeners, just reminiscing Nelson, you can add your own experience. You have 10 copies, printed copies, 20 printed copies of your, of your CV, your resume. You bring it in a, an envelope, a plastic envelope. So if it rains, it won't get wet. And you go from building to building. If not, you respond to Manila bulletin job ad. So, 
Nelson, what, what were your experiences back then? How tough was it before? I remember the, the bulletin, you hit it right on the nail. In fact, every Sunday is the key issue. It's this week, okay? So those were the days. And I would remember, yeah, as you said, I would look through every single ad, look at the qualifications. And then if it fits me, I'll make my photocopied, usually photocopied resume and send it to a PO box or whatever. And then that's it. I have Wait. to be passive because they have to call me, especially if it's a blind ad. So, so <laughs> that's the other thing. And the other thing is that in the resume, I have to put my photo, yes, no. If I have to put my photo, it has to be professional, okay? That's the other thing. Don't just put any photo and then there, I seen resume photos like that only. So that alone will not make me want to see you, let alone hire you. So have also professional image, appropriate to the interview and a job, do your dressing, appropriate whether it's part dressing or let's say appropriate to the work site. That's the other thing which you have. Those little details, because remember, the assumption is that the recruiter has so many resumes to go through. It's easy for him to say no, because they all look the same. And that's why when you say a particular resume, I want to talk to this guy. That's the target effect. The purpose of the resume is not to get you hard, but to get you that foot inside the door. That's the key also. And then when you're able to have that appointment, then you also do your selling of yourself. So just our, our reminiscing earlier was, it's a different kind of tough job market before where you don't have access to a lot of information. And what Nelson is saying is that with the internet now and with the social media platforms, you have, if you're a fresh graduate, or even if you are looking for a job, you're in your mid-30s, you have a lot of technology tools that can boost your chances to get a job. Now, Nelson, we spent some time giving tips to, the, to those who are coming fresh from college, to those who are still unemployed, maybe impacted in the last 12 months because of the, uh, of the pandemic. What are top two or top three things that they can do for the meantime to really stay relevant or perhaps enhance their experience? I would say that one of the ways is that you have to keep showing confidence because if you're nervous, if you feel insecure, it will come out in the interview and all the more it'll be a turn off. The other thing would be to know how to ask the right questions, whether it's learning about the company or with the interviewer. So it's like you have to know what is it you have to get to be hired. One tip would be like, when you now have your job hunt, you target the companies appropriate to you. Then, like you said, now we have websites. In my days, you have to go to the library, get their company profile, that sort of thing, or just read whatever is there in the newspaper clipping. Now, if you want to work for XYZ company, you just go to the website, look at their core values and mission statements, look at their process and product, and then you surmise what would be the challenges they have if they pride themselves to be like innovators. When it's your turn to be interviewed, you have to be showing yourself as an innovator also, because remember, the way they think is, is there a fit between this guy and my company? When you're able to show that, asking the right questions, showing confidence, doing your homework, especially core values and pain points, you'll be able to increase your chances of getting that job. And to those who, after exerting a lot of effort, you mentioned earlier investing in oneself, 
I know of others who have enrolled in free online courses or just chose books to read or they would really um, research articles, watch uh, YouTube videos. You mentioned volunteering. But I also know, Nelson, some people who I saw open to work a year ago and just recently saw some who are saying, it's been a year and I've been out of work. And, you know, it pains me knowing these people who have skills, who were employed in middle management positions before. And now I don't know how crazy the, 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 the job market is. What do you do when you're tempted to? It's been 12 months. You are tempted to give up. What are some things that you can do? Well, let me be honest. I've been there as well. Let me tell you towards the end how I was jobless for two years. And that was after the peak of my career at the time. Well, yeah, you trust God. You also pray. But more than that, you also have to believe that the answer to your prayer is usually yourself. So I would say the best thing to do is like this. If let's say you're not being hard yet you may want to take a step back and think why is there something in my strategy that's flawed is it the way i present myself is it let's say i still lack networking so again like i said it goes back to taking responsibility of your own career i'm not saying it's guaranteed or it'll be shorter although it will be shorter rather than longer i'm simply saying that yes we will have our droughts and therefore the best way is to make use of those droughts to continue to improve yourself, take stock, and never, never give up. Persevere. Even if it's already, if our confidence and ego has already been taking a hit, imagine 12 months, somebody reached out to me and mentioned a connection in LinkedIn. Uh, I have been out of work for 12 months, and this is a middle manager uh, in a previous company. I know it might take a toll on, on ego and uh, esteem. What you're saying is, uh, you know, just, just have that spirit, but never give up that uh, fighting spirit. And uh, what a validation, Nelson, that there are opportunities out there, right? Because some people are thinking it may be the, the job market. What you're saying is, no, look inward instead of looking outward and have that self-reflection. Yes, and actually there is another tip I like to give your listeners. Many times when you lost your job or you don't have a job, let's say after you graduated, you have a good diploma, then after one year, two years, nothing else. One reason why you're lowered in your confidence is because you feel idle. But here's the practical thing. If you do something, volunteer, for example, and you're becoming more productive, you're harnessing your talent, you're sharpening your skill, the confidence would at least be stable, if not higher. Because the other things like this, the more productive you are, the more you know you can be more marketable when the opportunity knocks. I like that last line. When the opportunity knocks. My version, Nelson, is... Your breaks will come. Maybe the break hasn't, the good break for you hasn't just uh, come yet. So just be ready for that uh, good break. Because if it comes, right time, right break, but not right person, but you're not ready, it will just pass you uh, by. Not, Not only that, Louis, let me add something. 
it's not just with opportunity knocks. Many times you have to create that opportunity. What do I mean? For example, there's no opportunity, objectively speaking. Nobody's practically knocking on my door. But if I were to able to offer a skill, let's say tutoring math or English, giving a talk, giving advice, doing handyman work, then I can volunteer because everybody would love to have extra pair of hands, especially if it's for free. When you do that, you're now able to create that opportunity to work, even though it's free. Then hopefully that work, when you network, will lead to a part-time then full-time job. Along mm -hmm. the way also, as you practice your profession, you'll keep on learning because there's a thing about learning while doing. And then also people will help you learn by feedback. So everybody wins. And so remember, when you are out of work, time is your best friend, not your enemy. And therefore, the way to do that is how you maximize that time. I'm not saying it's all work, for example. You can also be, let's say, enrolling in one of Louis' wonderful courses. They're wonderful, by the way. Take advantage of them. And also get certified, do some practicum, so that when you're being interviewed, you also have the skill, not just the theoretical knowledge to do so. When you do that, you continue to build connections because you're exposed to people out there versus sitting in at your bedroom, waiting for the cell phone to ring, whether to get an email from this particular employer, you go out there because remember, you are going to be the one to create your own future. Once again, the theme, just that, that last line, create your own future, very much aligned to Nelson's first tip, the umbrella tip, the overall overarching theme, take responsibility. And just to add to that, Nelson, you said idleness really becomes uh, a big blow in confidence. And yeah. I remember last year where our training engagements were indefinitely postponed and we don't know when it's, 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 it's resuming. And you know our story. Once again, Nelson is a good friend of LJMB. We have nothing to do. The manual makers don't have manuals to create. The certificate makers don't have a job to do. So when we launched our first webinar in April 1, and that's we offered that for free for two months. We were uh -huh. doing three to four webinars per day for free, just for the team not to be idle. So yeah. we weren't so focused on the money that we're losing. Revenues are not coming in. But we got fulfilled because companies are appreciating uh, the webinars. They're seeing that online learning can happen. So that's what I was thinking when you said earlier, find something to do, be productive. Yes, and actually, Louis, you have a brilliant strategy because here's the other thing, is that when you give those webinars, you're also giving value. It's not just being productive for productive sake. Remember, the key is also value. While you're building your confidence, you're building your skill, and you're building your connections, remember, at the core, is that you're giving something of value to people, in this case, eventually to your would-be employer. Because let's face it, a person will hire you because what is it that you can do for me that then I'll pay you? If you can show that, and that's where you go back, to have personal responsibility to increase your value, make yourself marketable, and all the more, you may even be thriving when others are just surviving. Mm -hmm. So go out there, create your own webinar, create your own podcast, 
there are less barriers to organizing one like this. You have an internet, you have internet connection, you have gadgets, you have social media. What else, Nelson? A lot of people are now providing coaching sessions. Lots of professionals became coaches given their subject matter expertise. So what Nelson is saying is there is a lot that we can do. Nelson, let's give continue to give more advice to different groups of people. Those who worry about getting retrenched or worry about a reduction in force. My company is so focused on cost savings. We're badly hit. What do we do so that we can prevent from being retrenched? That's interesting. I would say probably step one is to know the signals that you are going to be retrenched. There always be signs, okay? Whether it's the rumor, whether it's your boss will now ask you to delegate some of your tasks to somebody else, or you're not going to be even given further projects, then you may want to have a hard, hard talk. The other thing would be to be prepared update your resume yeah, or update your LinkedIn, start making connections. Of course, you have to balance it because if let's say, well, the tricky thing is to look for a job while you have a job. That's a separate topic altogether. But I like to say it's like this. As long as you have value and whether you are going to be hired or retained, the best way to recession-proof yourself or to retrench-proof yourself is to continue to be a person of value so that even if, let's say, you lose your job, you'll have no problem looking for a new job, okay? And the other thing is, well, maybe you may want to become an entrepreneur. That's another thing. The advantage is that when you now have the systems or the knowledge gained from the corporate world, when you now have your own business, you'll be able to have a better learning curve rather than doing a lot of mistakes out of a blank template. So that's why you may want to at least consider doing your own business. But remember, the key word is value. And that value that Nelson is talking about will increase our indispensability in companies. However, Nelson, as you said, it may be beyond our control. We may still be increasing, uh, you know, strengthening our value. But businesses can really fold. And uh, I, I know somebody who reached out to me, unfortunately, and all of a sudden the company said, we'll no longer be able to support you. For those who are being, have been terminated and recently retrenched, some nuggets of wisdom for them, for this specific group of people. Yeah, okay. My number one tip is that you give yourself permission to grieve. Okay, many times I hear people say, oh, it's all right, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, but look, and I've been there. Your self-esteem is shattered. You think you're somebody, now you're nobody, you're like dirt. And then you watch your savings dwindle. Okay, and then probably have the pressure of providing for your family or the shame of your, from your relatives that, hey, what happened to you? You used to be a star. I would say number one is to give yourself permission to grieve. And on a spiritual level, that's where you can reconnect to God and also reach out to people who care for you, the PARP community. And now after that, once your emotions have stabilized, then you can regroup, then examine your options, find out your skill set. And then you may even want to say, what are the additional skills I may need to add to increase my chance of being hired again? So it's a combination, but I would say first, stabilize yourself emotionally, 
the spiritual content helps a lot and then relaunch. One of the things that I thought now, sir, when you were saying that you get that breather is don't also blame yourself so much. Yes, because that, uh, you know, that self-blame, it's all my fault. I know that we are emphasizing taking responsibility, but uh, negative self-blame will also not help you cope in these kinds of uh, situations. Um, that is true. I, that is true. You have to, when you beat yourself up, it will not help anyone. You may want to consider a reflection. Maybe there are some parts where it is your fault. Maybe at one time you were, let's say, negligent. But even assuming that is true, you own up, and instead of feeling guilty forever, comes the part where you forgive yourself. It's also part of mental health so that you will not slide into depression or, heaven forbid, paranoia or schizophrenia. So there's a time wherein you do some internal cleansing. I may have screwed up. No, it's not my fault. I really did my best. Whatever happens, it's okay. It happened. It's no longer my fault. If it were, I forgive myself. Now, what can I do? Yeah, and that's where now we go on with the action plan. And that's where you now have to generate the, now that you're moving, your energy level, your self-esteem and your confidence will slowly rebuild themselves. I know that you're also a, you also write a lot about relationships. While we focused on taking responsibility, bringing back the control to the hands of the individual, how important would relationships, would uh, your links with your significant others be to you during these tough times when you are either uh, you when you've been retrenched or you're still looking for that uh, dream job or just that next step in your career? One of the things that I am grateful for is that when I was jobless for two years, my family did not give me any flack. They still love me and accept me. And that's why it will be great if your relationship, especially with your significant other or your parents, they still love you, they still support you, and they'll help you in practical ways. I would say the other thing is, is also true. Stay away from toxic relationships. There may be some negative people. Oh, see, it's your fault. You can hold a job. You're no good. You know, you may want to just cut them off or spend less time with them. You have to really invest in relationships with those who love you. It's not just, let's say, your family. can be your church friends. can be your community. You're in the civic clubs, for example, the ones you're volunteering in. And you may also want to do this other thing. You write journals. One of the things which also kept me the deep end is that when you are low, I write and write and write. I just pour out all my ill feeling. Oh, I'm still so bad. I feel so, I was rejected again in this job interview. I thought this is it. And then I just write and write and write. Several of those journals became prayers. And that's like what happened to me. It's that instead of having it bottled inside of me, it's just out there in the paper. And when that happens, I feel more calm and I can now think more strategically. And guess what? Many of them, became books. For example, this particular book came from my journals when I was jobless. It's called Finding Comfort. This can be another resource if let's say you are lonely, you're disappointed, that sort of thing. And like I said, it's more like it's more like you are processing your emotion. That's the other hidden part of career. You have to know how to handle your emotions well. Never make drastic measures when you're distressed, for example. 
But in times of when you're down, you have no money, no income, you're practically living off other people. You know, that's where you now have to get a handle yourself and say, still, I'm not going to lie to myself. It is bad, but I am better than this. And it's like the thing will come. The good breaks will come just as long as I hope. Hope in myself, hope in other people, hope in God most of all. When you were talking about writing journal entries as an outlet, I anticipated that and you validated that, that they actually got converted into books. Look at that. You also sharpened your writing skill further because of that. And now, to our Hello World podcast listeners, Nelson D., a a best-selling book author with 10 books under uh, his uh, name. Let's recap all of the powerful phrases, lines that Nelson has uh, imparted. Take responsibility. Stand out. Continue to build your skills and add value. And uh, just focus on what you can do. Finding ways. And here, the last tip is actually seeking supportive relationships. Nelson, I'd like you to really promote your uh, books or upcoming, uh, I'd say, engagements where can people also connect with you should they wish to ask more questions or to request you to uh, deliver talks to their organizations. Please do promote your books and your uh, how they can reach out to you. Thank you very much, Master Louis. Before I do that, let me give one last inspiring story. It's from my own painful experience. Remember, I was jobless for two years. Before that, I was country manager for a Philippine rep office. So imagine from this high, and when the Asian currency crisis hit, I was retrenched. And this is one of those things that you're not just in middle, you're in senior. And you thought that, oh, with my credentials, with my degrees, with my skills, I can get a job quickly. But one day became another day, one month became another month, one year became two years. You can imagine the shame, the guilt that I felt. My savings went down to zero. My self-esteem went down to negative. It was like that for two hard years. And as I said, during that time, I wrote a lot of journals, which became books. But, and here's the funny thing. God has a weird sense of humor. Then he introduced Lucy to me. Lucy's, when I saw her, I fell in love right away. And then we wanted to get married. How can that be? I'm jobless. And so we prayed. And then what happened was that, and this uncanny timing, a headhunter called me up, pulled up a resume, which I even don't even recall giving to them. And then she called me for an interview. Then she hooked me up with a client. Long story short, I got a new job and then we got married. And so the thing that I would like to tell your audience is this, do your part, but also trust God that he knows what is best for you. That if there's a delay, there must be a reason for the delay. Maybe he's also trying to improve your character, make you more empathic. And that's where we have to trust God that he knows your pain more than you do, your needs more than you do. And at the right timing, he will make everything right. So guys who are out there, I saw, I think, a statistic that you have 4 million people jobless. 
as of January 2021. And with the new influx of graduates, I, I don't want to even imagine. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed by the sea of jobless people out there, your competitors, don't lose hope. Keep doing what we talk about, me and Master Louie, add value, make connections, take responsibility, and trust God so that in due time, he will give you the blessings as you seek. And many of these and more are in my LinkedIn articles and posts. The other things will be in my books. If you want to have some emotional help, this is my first one. It's based on my journals. It's called Finding Comfort. It's about being loveless, being disappointed, being bitter. Another one is that if you are feeling about, that's what Master Louis said, you feel that it's your fault and you know you could have done better. But you know, to forgive yourself, you may want to have this book. It's called Regret No More wherein you talk about self-forgiveness and the key to forgiving yourself. And it's more like, okay, I'll give you one free tip. The first step is to make a peace treaty with yourself. Make an agreement with yourself. You will no longer, you'll stop beating yourself up. You're forgiving yourself. That's water and bridge. Then let's move on. And then you find God along the way. There are others. Now, this will be the one for, real, for this particular podcast. You'll see it in those three slides out there in the books. We also have for career, you will have this one, Soaring High. It's called, it's a career book about how to get a job quicker and accelerate your career within the job. It's Soaring High, your flight plan for your best career ever. The other one is that for those who are fresh graduates, as it says, your first job. It will also tell you how to get the best job quicker and also, if let us say you're just starting out fresh. And then this is a compilation, my best articles for Philippine Star. Remember, I wrote a column for Philippine Star for nine years. This is like the culmination, the distillation of the best. And some of them are Dear Abby type, wherein a person would ask me for advice and give them my advice. Last but not least, okay, here's my biggest tip perhaps, and this is a bonus for Master Louie and also for your guests. Remember, give value. Many times we don't know what in life and therefore we don't know what we want in career. You don't know what job you want. You don't know the right company for you. And when you're inside the company, you're bored. You feel that you're drifting because you don't know your life purpose. And the bonus round is this. You may want to use this particular resource. Is this all there is? Because it will give you a roadmap how to find your purpose in life and therefore your purpose in work. When you have the purpose in work, it will sharpen the way you're going to do your job hunting because you know what you want and maybe even create your own career. That can be also happen, your own advocacy, etc. You may want to explore that option and then also see the power of wisdom and community. Last but not least, I do conduct workshops, webinars about how to get a job quicker, how to thrive having a difficult boss. We all have that. And that's where now you can contact me through LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn Nelson TD. And that's where we can also have my own posts and articles. And also at my website, it is nelsontd.com. It's also there in the particular corner up there. I am open to all emails. I do my best to answer to every single one because that's also my advocacy or to help other people along the way. Thank you, Master Louis, for this opportunity. And I do hope that together, this will be a blessing to your listeners out there. And just 
if some of the our listeners are wondering why you'd call me Master Louis and I also call you Master Nelson, we are uh, in a mutual admiration club, as we mentioned earlier. We became friends uh, and supporters of each other, starting from Toastmasters and happily supporting each other in our social media branding and our advocacies uh, as well. Ten books, those three books today that you uh, saw, please grab a copy and they will provide more information apart from those that we've already mentioned in today's episode on winning mindsets to succeed in a tough job market. Nelson, you've been thanking me, but I uh, would really want to thank you more. We are doing the Hello World listeners a great uh, a favor as well. Get one or two tips from Nelson and start implementing them so you can succeed in this continued chaotic times. Master Nelson, Thank you so much for being here. And I'll see you around. Let's all greet our listeners with our hello world uh, greeting. All together, let's try to let's try to sync it, Nelson. I know that there can be an internet uh, latency issue. Okay. So our uh, to our listeners, ready, get set, go. Hello, hello world. Yay! Keep it up. Episode. Once again, Master Nelson, thank you so much thank for being you, here. Thank you. My pleasure. This is Louis Banta. Thank you for listening to our Hello World podcast. Follow us on Spotify for our weekly 